Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, but should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Dying is never a pleasant topic to talk about, but we're going to do that today with a wonderful woman who's been battling cancer for many, many years and has bravely admitted and accepted that she's come to the end of her life. And joining us from Ontario, Canada to share her story is Burns Bedard. Burns, it's very gracious of you to do this interview with us. We want to thank you very, very much for this. You're so very welcome, Dan. Thank you for having me on. You know, when Corey reached out and we were chatting a little bit just about, well, Corey can tell you, but just really about this journey that I've been on and the process of dying, I was, first of all, very touched, Corey, because I know how busy you are. And then when you offered or invited me to come on the podcast, I was absolutely honored and said yes in a nanosecond. And I would not have done that for anybody else but you. Um, It's a very interesting subject to be experiencing and not even... uh, My biggest concern is to be able to string all the thoughts together at this point in the journey, both on an emotional level and an intellectual level, but I shall do my best. <laughs> All right. So at any time, if you, if you want to pause, then just pause and we can, uh, we can fix that up later. Okay. So, okay. so don't worry about that. Okay. So, so listeners know, basically I reached out to Burns after I had seen a video that Burns had put up a couple of months ago. Burns has quite a following of people because she's gone on to educate people herself on wellness. And what I had said to her was that I had seen her video. And in this video, she basically announced to her, her huge following of people that she was reaching the end of her life. And she did it so incredibly gracefully. It just blew me away. I get very emotional even thinking about it. And it's a subject that we don't talk about. And the reality is that all of us are going to pass away one day. Um, And what Burns has done is embrace this last chapter of her life and has, as Ian said, ever so graciously, and might I add courageously, is sharing this journey with everybody. Um, So one of the things that Burns expressed was that she didn't know how much energy she had left to educate people going forward, as she can certainly feel herself winding down. So that's when I came up with this idea, gee, I wonder if this might be something that Burns would be interested in doing. So I cannot tell you how incredibly honored we are to have you here today. Thank you so much. That means a lot. So I was first diagnosed with gastrointestinal stromal tumor in 2011, the end of 2011, and have had, what does that make us, 12 years, 12 and a little bit years of dealing with it. And I've taken a lot of different approaches. Um, I first want to say that I never saw this as a burden. Or, you know, when some people say, F you cancer, I had a 
a really interesting spiritual experience about two weeks after I was first diagnosed. And I sat on my bed. We were living in California at the time. I'm originally from Canada by way of Trinidad, Trinidad first and then Canada. And I said to myself kind of out loud, why is this happening? Like, what is going on? I did not know the complexity of what I was getting into. But in that moment, I heard a very loud auditory voice that said in my left ear, I keep doing this in my left ear that said, this will help you strengthen your purpose. And I just went, okay, that's all I need to know. So I'm just going to take things one day at a time. And who am I to deny that I had this experience? And it has really turned into a catalyst for so many areas of my life, as well as other people's lives, because I am an educator. I taught school for 20 years and I, I just knew that this was just going to be a vehicle, a powerful one. And it has been for most of those 12 years, I did not have like I had it easy, I want to say. I didn't have any pain to deal with. So the pain that I'm experiencing now is completely new. Um, and I just went went on my way to figure my stuff out on this journey. Three months after my first diagnosis, my marriage was over. It was coming that way anyhow. It was coming to an end anyhow. And I experienced from there some pretty deep depression. Um, I called a friend and I, I said, help. I, I can't believe I'm going to, uh, that I'm thinking these thoughts that are so dark. And she put me on the path of some really powerful, um, spiritual guides and, and teachers. And that started the spiritual component. And then from that led to, being on Dr. Joe Dispenza's stage, giving a really fun (laughs) and powerful speech to 1,500 of the attendees there. Um, It's led me down the road of nutrition and becoming a certified detox specialist. And it's also led me down to some pretty um, interesting places with having body parts removed and not really being told how to deal with any of that by my doctors. It's kind of Like they slice and dice you and then they send you on your way to figure this out on your own. And it's like, where do I turn, right? Um, And then it also led me down the path of cannabis. Uh, In 2015, I I no longer had my health insurance coverage for my ex-husband. And it was around the same time that I was due to renew my um, Gleevec medicine that I was on. And I was no longer on his plan, which meant I couldn't afford $8,000 a month for cancer medication. From there, that night, I it was the actual same day that I, um, that I got my cannabis card in Ontario. And I was talking to some, I was in some chat room online and somebody asked me, have you ever heard, have you, did you get yours in a syringe is what they asked. And I went, a syringe? Oh my God, no. Like, 
you you don't put that in your you don't put that in a syringe thinking they meant to inject it into your system and they said no 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 look up phoenix tears look up rick simpson oil and see what you find and that started me on a very powerful road to educate myself about rick simpson about rick simpson oil how to make it how to use it and 6 weeks after going on Rick Simpson oil orally six weeks after I started the cannabis and ended the Gleevec, my do- I went in for another ultra set ultra, um, sorry, CT scan. Mm-hmm. And my oncologist said, what have you been doing? And I said, uh, I don't know. What do you mean? He said, are you still on the Gleevec? And I said, yes, you have prescribed the Gleevec for me. Why? Why do you ask? And he said, because four of the five tumors are gone. And I said, well, actually, I have been using cannabis oil. And I will tell you, he was not happy. He was very much <laughs> not happy about that. And I said, and he tried to get me onto their other medication that they use, um, some other form of Gleevec. And I said to him, with so much clarity and conviction, I said to him, looking in his eyes, I will never put your drugs in my body again. It totally destroyed my body. It totally destroyed my body. And I just won't do it anymore. And like I said, he was not happy. Before he, we had this little discussion about that I'm not going to be doing his medication anymore, he went and showed me. I said, can I see the CT scan? I want to see the before and the after. And he showed it to me. And there was indeed only one tumor left on my liver. So I said, okay, I'm going to go my merry way. And because the, for me at least, taking the oral, taking the cannabis oil orally caused me to sleep for the entire day. Like I slept 20, 22 hours a day and I just couldn't maintain it. I couldn't maintain that. I did not know at the time. And I would say this would be my one regret on this journey. I did not know at the time that you had to keep on using it. Number one, I still had one tumor left. Number two, I didn't understand fully because in 2015, what there was much less information out there about the healing benefits and you guys have done such a great service to humanity in educating us about the importance of maintenance and staying on the medicine. Um, So fast forward after that, the one tumor continued to grow and they decided that I needed to have my liver removed on the first diagnosis, I had 90% of my stomach removed. On the second diagnosis, again, in the liver, I had 75% of my liver removed plus my entire gallbladder. So I was, in a, I was really getting set up for not only the after effects of cancer and Gleevec that I put in my body for a good five years, I was having to deal with how removing tumors, removing, sorry, body parts can affect your body. And again, lack of information. Doctors didn't know what to tell me. They just 
cut me open, took the organs, and I appreciate it. I get it, right? They're coming from uh, a medical perspective. And at the time, I felt like that was the best decision for me. And that's what I always tell people when they, when they message me asking for help. I'll give them what I experienced, like I have here with you guys, and I'll give them the cannabis experience and let them know that it's ultimately your choice. I can't make this decision for you, right? You have to make it for yourself. You have to be good. And that goes either way, whether you decide to have your, your body parts removed or whether you go at this with divine grace and, um, and use the cannabis oil. And I will say that for from then on, in 2016 onwards, I was still using the cannabis, but not in the concentration that we would get with Rick Simpson oil. I was using it mainly here and there in edibles and smoking. But um, yeah, I think that that kind of brings us up to date with mm -hmm. where I am now. They wanted to do the, another resection of my liver in 2020. And I said, I, I originally said, okay, this was at the beginning of COVID where no family members were allowed in your room, no support in hospitals like there should have been. Um, and I said, okay, I'll do it because I had a lot of family pressure at the time, which I understand. I decided to do it. And then I also realized that I was very much overweight at the time for my height. I'm just a little five feet tall. I'm just a little package. And I was overweight for my height at 150 pounds, I think. And I realized I'm not going to get through a surgery to remove my liver again if I'm still at this weight. I was more normal weight when I went in for the first two surgeries. And I started to research how to lose weight. Although I should be a pro at that point because I've been on every diet. I've always been the one struggling with my weight up and down, trying to find the best thing that worked. I did a couple things. They weren't working. And then one day I saw a video on YouTube by this beautiful woman who was talking about how she lost 10 pounds just with juicing. So I went, oh, okay. And that started my whole walk down the nutritional path. I became a certified detox specialist in 2021, uh, sorry, in 2020, and started teaching voraciously what I was learning because it was such, um, we saw so many people heal so many different things by changing their diet, by not eating processed foods, by eliminating a lot of toxins in their life. And, um, and I did that. And in 2021, we decided to move to Mexico to live a beautiful life. And we've been doing that since. And I'll tell you, it's been the best decision we could have ever made. It really has. But now that the cancer, I started to develop a lot of intestinal pain and distension in Mexico. And I went in and I got a CT scan again. And it showed that things were much worse, much worse than when I left for Mexico. Because when I left for Mexico, my oncologist did tell me that I had 
what looked like signs of cancer on my pancreas, as well as the one on my liver, and that he didn't think it was a good idea to go to Mexico. And I just said, thank you so much. I hung up the phone and keep, kept on packing my bags. <laughs> I had a girl burn. <laughs> Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna give me advice on where to go live. Yeah. Um, so in uh, in March, a March April May of 2022, I had another ultrasound because again I was having a lot of pain in my solar plexus area, which is where the tumor tumors are. So I went in to get a CT scan, and it did in fact show that there were tumors in my liver, in my pancreas, in my spleen, in my peritoneal lining, the the lining that covers the inside of your abdominal wall, um, in my lungs, in my heart. So I was kind of like a definite, you're, you're done. It's, this is terminal. It's stage four, but I never asked them how long I had to live because I didn't want that messing with my head. Mm-hmm. I s- left that office and I said to Dali, my husband, I said, we got to get back on, we got to get back on these syringes on these suppositories for cannabis oil. Let's go home and let's get as much of that into me as we can. And we did. And I felt much better. Um, however, I think by the time that I started that in Mexico, while it did sort of cool things down a bit and made me have an amazing quality of life. Um, it wasn't enough for where the cancer was showing up in such proliferation. So when I got this pain again, coming through, um, in September of 2023, I did ask how long do I have to live? And she said six months. And I believed her because I know what, how I feel in my body. I'm very intuitive in my body. Um, and I, I, the, the signs and symptoms cannot be ignored. My little five foot zero body is now rocking 88 pounds, which is really underweight. Um, and that was again, one of the, one of the things I have had the most trouble with. Sorry, I'm going to cross. No, that's fine. It's um, it's been an incredible journey for you, Burns, and yeah. uh, it's remarkable how you've um, persevered, given the fact that your body is, <laughs> I'd have to say, starting to rebel against you. Yeah. And, and um, I, uh, so, sorry. No, go I ahead. Talk about that rebellion. I'm such a rebel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, see the Mohawk? <laughs> Rock yeah. the Mohawk. I'm such a rebel. I'm such a, if I don't like something, I'm going to do something about it, right? I believe from my spiritual guidance and spiritual teaching and inner knowing that this whole cancer experience has been here in order for me to fulfill my purpose, just like I heard, heard that voice in, in my head back in 2011. And it was like, okay, maybe the purpose is I have one more chapter to teach. 
like Corey said in the beginning, a lot of people don't like to talk about death. Oh, no, sorry, Dan, that was you. A lot of people don't like to talk about death because it's so scary because we don't talk about death. It's like this vicious circle. And I can see that my body is saying that your mission is complete. That's mm -hmm. what I'm that's how I reconcile it in my head. I'm sorry, your listeners are going to get all kinds of crying now. You know, one no. second. Let me just let me just blow my nose. Let's do this. Okay. Yeah. Take your time, there, Burns. Usually, just taking a moment to uh, yeah clear things up. Yeah. Yeah. An incredible story, eh? Oh, it's a remarkable story. Yeah, she's an incredible... Corey, I've never heard of anyone with cancer of the heart. Well, you certainly get cancer on the heart. The lymphomas will do that too, yeah. Yeah, it's, they said it was the lymph nodes. Um, yeah, so that's where I am now. I'm, I'm, I've done a lot of teaching on this death topic. You can feel free to check out my, my Facebook profile because it's all open. It's public. And there are times when I blubber and cry and there are times when I'm laughing and people are like, how could you be laughing? It's because in the moment I'm okay. I'm not always sad. I don't always feel fill in the blank, whatever feeling that people think you should feel when you're facing death. You know, it's been, a, it has been an incredible blessing to be able to teach to this subject, even though, and this is why, my crying again. <laughs> this is why I probably won't do much more of it because it's just so close. Do you know, Burns, I just want to relate. I saw a documentary. Um, I think it was on Prime. It was about those people who have died and then come back. Um, and what they said, it was very interesting when you talked about the left ear because some of them mentioned exactly the same thing that they got a message in their left ear yeah but those people who have died say you go through this i don't want to say tunnel but this passageway and mm -hmm. it's so bright and to a person there were a number of people during this interview they said to a person they just felt nothing but love and it was amazing they said you've never felt anything like this yeah. On earth. And yeah. they came back because they said they told whoever they were communicating with that, you know, I have to I have to go back because I have kids and uh, yeah. I have to look after my kids or something like that. But it was yeah. uh, they all admitted it was a beautiful thing. And here we yeah. are. We fe we fear death. Yeah. I, I, I have a, I have a sense that you don't fear death. What it's the letting go of the things that you love. We have attachments, right? Mm -hmm. We are attached to a lot of things. The most critical one or the most prevalent one that we're attached to is our physical body and our physical life. Our family and friends, just like you were saying, oh, I've got, but I've got to go back. You've got to go back. You've got other work to do. We get attached to all of these different things. And I loved my research that I've done on NDE. I think I've watched NDE videos like to a large extent for probably mm -hmm. two decades. I'd love them. And then I found Anita Morjani 
in her book where she wrote about um, the same thing, her whole entire experience. It's nothing. I'm not, it's not, uh, it's not fear. It's sadness. Yeah. yeah. How is letting go of the attachments? How is your family coping, Burns? Like I saw, you know, a couple of videos where you had some really nice time with your daughters and you had that end of life doula, I believe, et cetera, navigating some of that for you. Um, how, how is your yes, our doula in Mexico has been amazing for helping my family as well as me. So she, she I asked her if she would work with my sisters and the family, right? Dali and I, and our two daughters, plus my sisters, like there's a lot to process here. Mm-hmm. They're doing, they're doing a lot of times. Okay. Great. And then sometimes when it brings up reality of what we're doing and what's going on here and all of that, um, then it's maybe I'm doing shitty. One of the great lessons, I'm so glad you brought Molly up. Um, Molly is a end-of-life care practitioner. So she comes in and helps you with all of the things that you, we would associate with palliative care. She's like a para- palliative PSW, personal social worker, where she comes in and she she helps so many different things. Um and we're all on a group chat as well. My sisters are do like there's everybody in my family is sad because look at me, I'm the bomb, I'm the burns. But yeah, it's um, it's just sobering. But it's also very cool because I know what's on the other side, mm-hmm. right? Then you got to focus on where you are, and I get that, but also stay guided and knowing that I'm. Be- that I've been able to do a lot of that work with my family. That has been, since I realized that I was really dying this time, that has been one of the main things that has helped me sort of stay balanced, stay balanced. And it's not just my family that's helped hundreds of people online and it's sobering again, sobering, but mm-hmm. in a awe-filled kind of way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's just, it's hard to describe. We decided to come up and stay at my sister's place, Debbie. She has a beautiful home and lots of room for us. So we're here. My kids are doing great, actually. I message them all the time. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing great. Mom, check out this new whatever whatever i made um they're amazing they're 21 and 27 and um yeah they're we're hanging in there burns we're hanging in there what is what is burns how how go ahead Corey. what is the role that cannabis is playing in your life right now i love this question because i i get asked this all the time are you still smoking are you still doing the suppositories i would say i am mainly um, gummies, so oil, cannabis oil in the form of gummies, and they rock their gummies over here on this side of the bo- of the border and in this side of the uni- of mm. the universe. 
of North America. They their can their gummies are like strong. I'm a five milligram girl, five. Anything more than that, and I'm greening out. I'm like, put, just put me in bed, and that has actually happened a couple times here, and it's excellent for pain. Oh my gosh, yeah. it's so good for pain. And we also smoke it. And again, when you get really good quality cannabis, it's so effective at helping with pain management and anxiety and sadness. And, you know, a lot of people, um, I started teaching about cannabis a while back. And one of the things that people I think would really benefit from is to keep an open mind because how many times have I heard Oh, I used to, I I tried that once in high school. It's like, come on, girl. It's a different story here now. Yeah. Yeah. It can help with your pain and it can help at end of at times of end of life. Dali and I got married in Mexico on her backyard facing the Pacific Ocean. And it was amazing and I could not have done that. We would not have been able to do that if I was feeling like this. The cannabis is so effective. Mm -hmm. It's so effective. And then sometimes it starts, stops being as effective because nerve pain from, from cancer is extremely painful. Like it's pain on a, on a different level. But you can mitigate that by using cannabis in whichever way you feel comfortable. If you feel more comfortable smoking it, smoke it. If you feel more comfortable having a gummy, have a gummy. If you feel more comfortable using a suppository, and I'll be honest, I'll be the first person to say it's not an easy thing to get used to cannabis suppositories, but that's what we did when I came when we came back from that first CT scan in down in Mexico. I said Let's get it. Let's get on this. We need to get as much of that into me as we can. And my quality of life, because I, if I had asked the doctor then in 2021, if I had asked the doctor then, how much time do I have? She would have said six months. Mm -hmm. And in six months, I have just look through it's just amazing this the life i've had and that is all 100% due to cannabis suppositories mainly and then the cannabis smoking and then the the gummies like it's it's so powerful the least you can do is try it right that's the least you can do if you are yeah. suffering and i'm so aware that we're not just us beautiful four people here trying to have a conversation, having a conversation. I know there's a lot of people watching. You can't, you, sometimes we need to kind of switch our mind, just shift it a little bit to get over that um, lack of knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. If you knew how valid this stuff is, just do some research, just look it up. It's there for us to see, but you have to do the work. And then give it a try. What have you got to lose? And I know people, Corey, you know so many people that have used it for their end-of-life care. Yes. And have said, the families have come up to me at funerals and said, thank you so much. I helped my one of our close friends 
mother um, have a much more uh, connected end of life with the family. They, everybody knew she was dying. She was really at the end end stage, and she got six weeks. Yeah. She mm-hmm. got six weeks. She passed six weeks later, and they basically told her, there's nothing more we can do here for you. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it can be an incredibly uh, beautiful tool. Burns, do you remember the very first time you did cannabis? Yes, I do, actually. It was wild. All right, so wild I child. Have, I, I was a kid, yeah. Um, so I think I was uh, 12 years old. <laughs> no, maybe 13, maybe 13. And the thing is, is that I was not a chronic smoker until I met my husband eight years ago. And now I'm so grateful for it. But I still even being like, I'll smoke if he's got one out. And if it's good weed. And so we, we went out with my sister's boyfriend. I could, maybe it was 13 years old. I just remember where we were living at the time. We went out with her boyfriend who had a joint who said, you guys want to smoke a joint? We were like, yeah. So we smoked a joint and then we got on our car in our car. Remember I'm living in Trinidad. My house is on the top of a fairly good sized short end of the mountain coming out of the mountain and we had to drive up this <laughs> i was so stoned i was like wow that's so cool and then after that i went out with a guy who was so against it he said if i ever catch you smoking weed again boy i'm gonna tag you in this samuel you know people need to realize it's medicine it always has been we just haven't realized that. And people say, oh, well, there's a abuse of, of weed and people are going to turn into a junkie. It's like, come on, man. When it comes down to it and you know that you need help for pain, anxiety, depression, speak to someone who knows what they're talking about. This team right here of Corey, Dan, and Ian, you guys have helped me educate so many people so it all rolls back to you it all rolls back to all of us right i say this all the time too this is like we are walking each other home everybody's just walking each other home Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and we're a team every single time someone messages me privately and ask for help because they were or a friend was just diagnosed with fill in the blank. I always go to straight to your podcast and I get searching for content for that type of cancer and I'll send it to them. And I I say, this is the base camp. You guys need to research something. It's that's where you get it. That's where you find it the most. So you guys have done so much really. You know, uh, Burns, one of the things that uh, on this program, we always deal with people who have some pretty basic questions. And uh, we did a podcast, which was posted this uh, last week, on some common questions that that people get asked. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that really astounds me and has for years, ever since I met Corey, is that people are willing to do almost anything their doctor tells them. 
But when it comes to cannabis, they say, oh, I can't do that. It's it's illegal or they don't do the basic research and it's frustrating as hell. It really is, man. I've talked to my doctors since I started this cancer journey. No, since right before I got the um, the my card, mm-hmm. and I remember I went to my family doctor, and she was so I wanted to punch her in the face. Oh, that's no, no, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. It's like, what are you talking about? The same doctor, when my daughter had some kind of infection under her eye and her whole eyelid, it looks like, this was way back in the day, it looked like about 2016. It looked like uh, eczema all around her eye. So I took her to the doctor because I kept telling her, just stop using makeup, it'll go away. But that wasn't happening. And then... She comes out of her office and she hands me a prescription and she says, I have to come out and give this to you in in my hand because it will cause cancer. Oh my God. And I, before she came out, I pulled Kaya aside because this was six years ago and she is 21 now. So she's, she's a kid, right? But I, I've always taught my, my kids to have, have an autonomous think nature about yourself. Like you are your own sovereign being. Don't just do what the doctors say. I have two options for you. Oh, this was after she gave us the prescription and she took off. I have two, let's look at this. She just told you that if you put this on your eyes, you will get cancer. Not might, which is bad enough. Holy jeez. Either we go home and try the cannabis oil. Either we go home and we try the cannabis oil. Or if you don't want to do that, you can use the cream. Or if the cannabis oil doesn't work, use the cream. She went, we got, obviously, we left because we're not going to buy that cancer poison. We left, we put the, she put the oil on both of her eyes. And but within two days, it was completely gone. Mm-hmm. Wow. She, and she... She loves that story because she's so proud of me because of how many people she's been able to help. It's, yeah, it's so cool. We're all walking each other home. I'd love that. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Burns, I wanted to ask you, how old are you? I am 58. 58. Now, right? when... My, I was born in 65. That would make me fit. Oh, my God. I'm 58 years old. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. When, that just just hit you? It just hit me. Age has been a huge thing my entire life. I always looked younger than I was. I was always teased about how young I was, the, how young I looked. Which to, I, I said, wait till I'm in my 40s and we'll see who, what's what. Because I want to look young when I'm older. I ha- always had a belief about that. That's a, a belief system. When you... In those quiet moments when you're thinking to yourself and you look back in your life, do you have uh, any regrets at all? I love this question. Um, I do have the regret that I did not keep going with the cannabis protocol. Mm-hmm. I, but at the same time, at the same time, it allowed me to experience this type of cancer the way 
that it was meant to be experienced. So how can I regret that, right? Let me try another one. Do you see what I mean? Yep. It's like it's hard to say. And this is not – I don't want – I don't want this beautiful audience to think by any means that, you know, we're all allowed to have, I've totally forgot what I was talking about. Can you remind me of the question? Regrets in life. Yeah. So regrets in life. Oh, I got to tell you, it's my only regret in life is not carrying on with the cannabis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's all. What do you think, Burns, given the fact that you are near the end of your life, admittedly, what do you think of the common complaints that people have, the bitches and complaining about certain things, which, you know, in the total scheme of things are really meaningless? Yeah. I, I see them, and I just... Uh, it just, it's exhausting when you see it up close and people that you love. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's hard, but yeah, my brain starts to go just so you know, I will have a, an amazing thought. I'm also just a wee bit stoned, <laughs> but I usually have, <laughs> I usually okay. have my cognitive function has been affected. Mm. Um, what was what was your question though, Dan? I feel like I totally didn't answer that last one. Well, I was going to ask you about the the way, uh, given your circumstances, the way people bitch and complain about little things which are meaningless in life. Yeah, it's yeah, it's funny. You see them all over Facebook, and listen, I'm here laying in bed. I'm not going anywhere. I got my routine with my social media to keep up with people and to share whatever. I just kind of laugh it off and with the utmost respect that that used to be me but there goes the likeness of burns i I used to do that too it's easy to get caught up in stuff that doesn't matter dahlia and i talk about this all the time when we're driving around and Mm -hmm. you know i've got my phone out or we just bring up people that we admire and love and or a situation that, but then we always end up laughing our heads off <laughs> because it's silly because we all do this or will do it or have done it. You know, this thing that you look back on, but then again, is it a regret? Right. Mm-hmm. Burns, would it be fair to say that cannabis is giving you the ability to live what's left of your time here on earth in a uh, quality manner. Would that be a fair statement? Yeah. Yeah. If I, if it wasn't for cannabis in my life, I really don't think I would be alive. In fact, I know I wouldn't still be alive. Never mind with the comfortability that I feel. Okay. Yes. I'm in pain. And I'm uncomfortable, but it's not the entire day. There's things to do for that. There's ways that we can help our bodies mitigate the pain. So let's do that. But how are you going to do that? Oh, well, we can go to the doctor and he'll give us something to fix it. 
and then you read the instructions or he tells you this will give you can no mm-hmm. right um Burns, I want to ask you a, a, a question. What advice would you give to people who are listening to us today about anything, about cannabis, about life, about how they can get through what they're going through? Yeah, it's really hard. And it's okay to admit that. And sometimes you'll cry. And sometimes you'll laugh. You know? Cannabis changed our lives. And it changed my students' lives. Mm -hmm. And it changed people's lives that I never even... I don't even know who they are. (laughs) They'll message me. I want you... You don't know me. I've never sent you a message... I've never responded on any videos on this app, but I just wanted to tell you how amazing, how you helped me, basically. And honestly, I don't know if that even answered your question. Well, it it certainly does. I just want to say in conclusion here that uh, what you have talked about today, I'm sure over the years will help hundreds of thousands of people. Uh-huh. Around around the world, and you have made an enormous contribution to humanity, and I think you should be extremely proud. I am so proud, Burns. I cannot thank you enough for this. Um, I'm feeling quite teary here just listening to you. Um, this is such an incredible gift, and oh my God, girl, your legacy is going to rock for the for the rest of time you what an incredible gift to humanity i love you to pieces yes we do Corey. that means it's like i'm that standing in front of you saying like that's my hero talking to me in the first place you and for you to be saying such beautiful things about me is just a reflection of you which is so cool. Well, thank you. Burns, we love you and thanks for doing this. Before we go, I want to let our listeners know that you can help us spread the word about the amazing, often life-saving health benefits of cannabis just by sharing the podcast, writing a review, or rating us. We very much appreciate uh, the help of everyone who's done that already. And we really like the five-star ratings. We'd also like to thank those of you who support the show by making a one-time donation or a monthly donation on our Patreon page, which you can do for as little as $5 a month. That helps to keep us running. You'll find out how to do that on our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Thank you for your support. It means so much to us. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. 
You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Cannachicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.